0: Hi there, Carrie Varela here. I am the owner and founder of the Reiki Healing Society, and I feel so grateful to be sharing space with Michaela Daystar of Heartscapes Reiki for this episode of Reiki Women Podcast. Unfortunately, uh, Bronwyn Logan can't join us today, but certainly she will be joining us on future episodes down the road. Today in our podcast episode, Michaela and I felt really inspired to talk about um, how to develop more integrity within our practice of Reiki and um, how we like to kind of segment out that conversation around integrity um, on a lot of different levels and looking at it, you know, systematically, holistically. Um, and I'm getting more in touch with this uh, really beautiful energy of integrity and, and what it's brought to our practice. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about talking about this with you today, Michaela.
1: Yeah, me too, Carrie. You know, this is one of the first topics that you and I really connected over and had long conversations about and um, got into a lot of really interesting territory when we first met. And it's been really lovely to see this topic. I, I loved how you said the the beautiful energy of integrity kind of weaving through our conversations on this podcast. Uh, it's really kind of come through in a lot of the conversations that we've already had. So it feels good to kind of weave those two things together and um, bring it uh, more intentionally and more explicitly into this conversation, this ongoing conversation we're having here on Reiki Women.
0: So good. So Michaela, what do you think integrity means to you? Like when you just kind of look at that that word and and I'd love to hear about, you know, What layers of meaning do you put into that word and how does it guide your practice?
1: Yeah, absolutely. For me, it really begins with being specifically when we're working with Reiki, but of course, in connection with all of life uh, as it flows from there. For me, it comes down to how much am I in alignment with the precepts? How much am I truly living my life as much as I can in a given moment? From the perspective of the, the precepts and the guidance that they provide us. And you know, I find more and more that when I'm able to really settle into the perspective of releasing my attachment to anger, to fear, rooting into gratitude, being true to my way and my being, being diligent in all of this, and ultimately coming from a place of deep compassion for myself and all of the ugly parts of myself included, and then from there, deep compassion for others, including others who I don't like, or I don't want to be around, but truly, you know, coming from that place of compassion is when I feel the most in integrity. And that shows itself in very specific moments, very specific decisions that we make um, on a day-to-day basis uh, in our lives and specific Uh, ways in which we handle difficult situations that come up, difficult feelings that come up, uh, the way that we might have to set up boundaries or, you know, say no to things that don't feel in alignment with living our lives as an embodiment of the precepts. There's countless ways that that shows up on the day-to-day decision-making level of my life and my business. Um, And, I think what was really helpful in our previous conversations around this is that we laid out, you know, a number of of categories, a number of areas of life that it's valuable to look at integrity and to, you know, perhaps even create some sort of diagnostic around, you know, to what degree do we feel in integrity inside of those areas of life? And so we thought that we, you know, could just kind of go through those categories and just give some examples to make it more concrete and a little bit less abstract. (laughs) Um, so if you like, I can get us started with an example.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: Yeah. So the first area of life that um, we really felt it important to start with when looking at integrity is our relationship with ourselves. Um in Reiki and life, you know, the, the first place that we can set a boundary, that we can set ourselves to being grounded, that we can really make decisions from that compassionate place is with ourselves. Um, I take the perspective, and this you know comes down to me through my teacher, but also through my personal experience and practice. That truly, all Reiki is self-Reiki. That it is a practice for personal development, for deepening our relationship with ourself, and in that sense, deepening our integrity with ourself. And so, you know, one example, you know, a simple one is that being in integrity with myself in terms of my Reiki practice includes being in regular practice. Uh, it includes walking my talk and cultivating, you know, whatever regular practice um, looks like for me in my life, uh, committing to it, being true to it. And when I'm not able to fulfill that commitment, being honest with myself about that and about why, coming back onto course when, um, whenever possible. And in doing that, I really find myself able to catch a lot of the things that you know, I would really identify as um, problematic learned behavior, for example, or triggers that are in my life that cause me to react in ways that really don't feel an integrity that are more about, you know, a a hidden fear or a hidden jealousy, or, you know, any of those hidden places we'd rather not look at. Um, But when I stay true to my personal practice, and true to my Um, belief and my knowledge that Reiki is about self-development before it's about doing anything for with other people, then I'm able to catch those things. I'm able to course correct. I'm able to sit with myself um, and ultimately be in greater integrity with myself and with others.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. So what's the next uh, area of life that we feel is important?
0: Um, Yeah, so I think uh, another area of uh, integrity that it it really brought up this topic for me was in relationship to culture. And um, it it is really, um, I feel like a disconnect or lack of integrity to the source culture of Reiki that has really inundated um, the Reiki community and most mainstream Reiki communities that has been something that has really been disturbing for me. Uh, for a while now and is uh, ultimately something that led me, um, you know, to disconnect from the certain style of Reiki that I was practicing at the time. And I don't suggest that that's the same for everybody. But what I recognize is that for a long time within my own Reiki journey is that I did feel a lack of integrity with the way Reiki is practiced and taught in the West. And it really inhibited me from bringing all that I wanted to bring to my students, to my clients, and also, of course, to myself too, and re-envisioning how the practice can look like from the inside out, as opposed to, you know, from the top down kind of healing, which I think it is um, often talked about and described as like awakening your crown chakra or letting the divine energy flow down from different layers of consciousness and, um, you know, different dimensions and things like that. And um, as is, is lovely as that sounds, uh, there is a real, for me, an intellectual disconnect with that. Um, cause I think it takes a big intellectual leap to, to, to open ourselves to those kinds of possibilities. I believe in a world of infinite possibilities, but there's that intellectual disconnect that was really challenging for me. Um, but also it neglected this kind of inner to outer healing that I felt like is so, so transformative and so powerful within Reiki and, um, that, that a lot of times the way I feel Reiki is being represented in um, mainstream Reiki culture is a lot about spiritual guidance and especially spiritual guidance from, um, um, uh, entities and beings that aren't really aligned or in any sort of, um, A religious or cultural perspective of Reiki. So it doesn't share Shintoism, for example, um, you know, talking about an Ascended Master from more of a a Christian tradition. Um, So I find those those kinds of topics very problematic. And um, it felt very disconnected from um, the type of healing that I really feel I cherish the most from Reiki is getting connected to the wisdom in my body And then feeling that wisdom radiate out and using that inner connection to my own like guiding light to help me move through challenges, confusion, and decisions, as opposed to kind of just, you know, seeking guidance outside of myself. Um, So that's one of the things that I found very problematic um, and ultimately led me on a journey to finding a more integrous path within Reiki and um i think i found that now and the joy of finding that again is that i can put myself into um, the work that i'm doing and feel so much more aligned when i do it because it really comes from a deep well of feeling morally aligned with the reiki that i'm offering and um so kind of cut that was a long story short to share about why it's so important to be in cultural integrity within Reiki. And I guess that question for me of why that's important, you know, I have my own personal story attached to that, but, um, I've studied anthropology, and I uh, have my uh, undergraduate degree in anthropology, and I love culture. I love cultures from all over the world, and um, through my background in social justice, I see that a lot of um, indigenous cultures are being, basically, it's it's a you know, globalization has led to genocide, cultural genocide of so many different cultures. And I read a post the other day and they listed like all of these indigenous cultures that have basically gone extinct because of globalization and because of colonization and because of this very like a Western worldview about domination and superiority over uh, indigenous um, traditions and, and i i feel that that is like it it pains me deeply in my heart and there's that like deep hinge about that feeling morally wrong to me and to see it show up within reiki feels very sad to me it feels sad to kind of take reiki out of its japanese roots out of its really beautiful um roots in esoteric buddhism and esoteric shintoism and i'm just like now learning more about that and it um so it feels very harmonious it feels um very balanced for me to to try to speak and um practice reiki from that deeper place that really embodies and respects the indigenous culture of Reiki. And and ultimately also is is a way of trying to bring Reiki back to Japan and uh, and allowing for more um, people of color and also Japanese uh, people to take more roles of leadership within Reiki. Um, Because uh, people of Japanese descent, they know their culture the best and they can actually give us a great illumination of of how these spiritual practices that came, you know, that we see from Reiki are mirrored back in the culture of Japan. And um, I think that that's really important that we are looking for um, people who are from that source culture to really take roles of leadership and, and, um, um, and be a part of that, of the lineage and the uh, dissemination of Reiki for generations beyond us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as you're talking, I'm just thinking back to you know this this moment in my path with Reiki, where I almost felt like I had to give it up because I felt that lack of integrity and that disconnection of having not been educated, you know, really in any way about where this actually came from. Like I knew it was Japanese, but not what that actually meant. You know, there was nothing about that in my education, and I didn't know where to find that. And, um, you know, until finding some pathways to, to re-educating myself, um, as much as I can as a white American, um, you know, I, I, it felt like I really needed to leave it behind. And so that process, you know, again, back to this, the self-practice of continuously looking at those blind spots, you know, those places where I'm really not seeing the complete picture because I'm not immersed in the culture from which this practice came in and places where, you know, in all humility, I'll never be able to fully see that picture, Um, you know, accepting that while at the same time continuing to be in the mindset of the student and the, you know, mindset of somebody who has a great deal to learn. And, you know, that kind of dovetails with, um, you know, another piece that came through for me at a certain point that felt, again, that I might Need to leave this practice behind until finding a solution, uh, which relates to our next category, which is having integrity with others, right? In our interpersonal relationships around our Reiki practice. And for me, I, I was ha- uh, noticing experiences in my practice early on that uh, there wasn't any ready explanation for, and there wasn't space to talk about. And what I understand now is that those experiences were around. Um, moments during a Reiki practice where there might be a a trauma triggered for one of the people involved, typically the client. And, you know, we have this um, perspective inside of a lot of Reiki communities that says that Reiki can cause no harm, and that You know, whatever happens inside of a Reiki session, as long as we set our intention correctly and we know that Reiki can cause no harm. So whatever happens inside of that session must be for the the greatest good and highest healing of everybody involved. That seemed very simple and very straightforward and, and very comforting when I first began. But then I would have these experiences, either witnessing them or participating in them, where some something would go wrong. Some mistake would be made, some um, boundary would be crossed and there would be some form of harm that happened in the interpersonal relationship between the people involved in the Reiki session. Um, you know, often these were what seemed at least from my perspective, minor trespasses, minor moments, but they began to add up in my mind because we weren't talking about them. What I know now is that um, these were moments when some form of trauma was being triggered for somebody and that that wasn't understood by our community. It wasn't being named and we weren't taking um, precautions around that. In other words, we weren't being trauma-informed around that. Um, And I started to question this notion that Reiki can cause no harm and I didn't quite know what to do with that. And the way that I now understand that is that You know, Reiki as a phenomenon in the world, Reiki as the spiritual energy that animates us and binds us, connects us together and roots us in the web of life, you know, Reiki as an energy can cause no harm, but Reiki as a system of practice enacted by people with other people, you know, there is always the space for harm to occur between people. Because we're complicated and we make mistakes and we have our ego get involved and uh, we can't understand, we can't always know and understand what's going on for another person. Um, Things that feel really good to one person might feel very frightening or um, provoking to another person, and we just don't know. And so, when we think about being in integrity with other people inside of our Reiki practice, there's many ways in which that looks certainly it connects back to what you were just speaking of around cultural integrity, right? Like being in integrity around our own identity and our own relationship to the practice relative to the people that we're working with. And another example of that is as much as we can being trauma-informed in our practice. And there isn't a whole lot of conversation about that in our community. And so that's a conversation that I've been you know, really stirring up wherever I can. Um, it's a conversation that you and I have had. Uh, and it's something that I've created quite a bit of work around, including a class um, called Cultivating a Trauma-Informed Reiki Practice. And it's a, really a deep dive into 10 elements of being trauma-informed that we can work into our practice as practitioners to consistently create a space of safety and trust. And you know, generating a sense of control that people have over their own experience and the opportunity to give consent. Um, and so that's been a way that I've really had an opportunity, you know, to be in my own self-practice, be aware of the places where I've made mistakes, make amends for them where I can, um, be aware of the places inside of me that get riled up, that get triggered, that I can be in better control over, um, and to be in better integrity with the way that I interact with other people. Um, and that's an ongoing, you know, lifelong uh, process. And it's a place that requires us to shift our mindsets as well as our behavior. Uh, but it's so worth doing. And I found that, you know, since digging into that lens, um, you know, I, I walked into it with actually quite a bit of fear, you know, realizing, oh, no you know there is harm that can happen inside of a Reiki session and maybe it's harm that I myself am going to cause I had a lot of fear around that again almost gave up my practice as a result but what I found is that by confronting that directly and educating myself and just getting in the habit of being in particular practices shifting some mindsets around how I understand um, what Reiki is and how to share it with people um, that fear isn't there anymore right? Because I know that number one, I'll probably still make mistakes. I know what to do about it. I know how to recognize it. I know how to come back into integrity around those mistakes. And I've made it a habit to be in practices that uh, create much less likelihood that those mistakes are going to happen. And it's been really exciting and really fun sharing that with other people and finding a lot of people are hungry for that, for that perspective um, and for you know, an understanding of how to to do that within their own practice. So just one really strong example of how we can be in integrity with other people inside of our Reiki practice.
0: I think that's fantastic and i've had a chance to take your trauma-informed reiki training and it was lovely and what i love one of my big takeaways from your course was um you know that the the recipient is always in the driver's seat of their own experience and of their own healing and i think that's really a tenant of reiki you know is that it's self-healing and all, all healing is self-healing but um ways in which the practice and the way it it's sometimes represented I think we get away from that. And so I, I really um, applaud your work around trauma-informed reiki because I really do think it brings us back into the heart of, well, how do we heal ourselves, and, and how do we support um, our clients um, as practitioners and show up for them and, and really empower them towards their own healing. And, and yet at the same time, being humble <laughs> in ourself and, and a willingness to make mistakes, because I think a lot of times the mindsets of Reiki practitioners, especially like one of a Reiki master, uh, there's not a lot of space for, you know, individuals to have an off day or have a foggy third eye day or have, you know, um, uh, you know, their own trauma that's happening in their body and, uh, maybe feeling a little disconnected, um, from being able to sh- share Reiki authentically. that's something else so lovely that I received from your training. Um, But one of the other aspects of integrity that we spoke to was just about integrity for business. And, um, you know, this is something that I'm really passionate about is that a lot of times I feel like Reiki naturally attracts people who are givers, they're healers, they're extraordinary individuals in their own right who have a passion for serving others. Um, But sometimes in that passion for serving others, they neglect ourself. And it's a little bit about what, um, you know, Michaela was already talking about is, you know, grounding the practice back in ourself, but, um, that, that propensity to overgive to others, to, to, um, in some ways, um, create actions of self-harm. And, and maybe you don't realize you're doing it by like giving away an extraordinary amount of Reiki sessions or undercharging for your services. But um, ultimately without that fair energy exchange back to the practitioner, and um, especially if you're a practitioner who, who you know does Reiki as your livelihood, I think it's really important for you to be really clear about um, your financial goals, Um, how Reiki can support those financial goals and um, just making sure that, you know, you are um, receiving what you need to receive from life so that you can be not on the sidelines of your own life, like cheering on everybody else, but you can really be in the game, (laughs) be in the game of your own life, having the joy and the freedom to um, do what you want to do professionally and personally. I think is super important. And I see a lot of us and myself included at times in my life, I just really had to feel like I was on the sidelines of my life because I wasn't charging enough and I wasn't making enough money um, doing what I loved. And um, so having tough conversations about, you know, how we show up and support ourselves, especially as women, I think that's so important, right? Cause it's so easy to undervalue our services. So many women are underpaid um, as disproportionately to men. And, um, and so, uh, using some of the principles of integrity to be really an integrity for yourself around your business and how much you need, um, to make your life, not just be like dull and boring, but thriving and abundant.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad that you're speaking to this. You know, I've, I've come to relate to my Reiki business, you know, hardscapes as an entity, as a collaborator, as something or someone even that I'm in relationship with. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we think about it in those terms, you know, we're talking about having integrity with others, with culture, with ourself, but about having integrity with our business as our collaborator, as, you know, as the entity in our life that, you know, funds our life, that supports everything that we do. Um, it's so important to be in integrity with what our business needs and then to link that with integrity to others, to culture and to ourself, right? Because we can certainly run a business in a way that isn't in integrity with those other things, right? But if we're accounting for all of those things, and then we welcome our business in as a collaborator, um, uh, as a partner, right? Like there's, there's this, Cumulative effect of that. Uh, that's really, really beautiful and uh can be very abundant. And that connects with you know the next area of life. I mean, of course it does. All of these areas of life connect and they're all dependent on each other to be fully functional. Um, but as we were, you know, thinking through these areas of life, the next thing that really came forward for us was being in integrity socially and environmentally. So, what is the relationship between that? that entity that is our business and the way in which we conduct that business that is in good integrity with the communities around us, with the cultures around us, as you've already spoken to, and with the environment, with the land on which we do this work. And this has been such a centerpiece of my work over the past few years. And and this this became even more solidified during these past couple of years during COVID, number one, because I was spending so much more time focused on the land when I wasn't, you know, when the business was shut down, um, and because it became such a powerful place of solace for me. In addition to that, I was able to give time to really studying, um, as you were saying earlier, the Shinto roots and the esoteric Buddhist Shingon roots of, um, Reiki and finding the commonalities with my own Celtic roots in the focus on interconnection with nature and on the focus of this is not about humans as individual, isolated beings that then are manipulating the world around us through Reiki, perhaps, or just through our activities. This is about remembering that we're an intimate, interconnected, tiny little piece of this wider web of life and that coming into a state of healing, a state of balance, a state of wholeness must involve being in integrity with the land that we're on. Um, And connecting back to culture, being in integrity with understanding whose land we're on, right? So beginning with understanding, you know, who the indigenous people are, whose land my business is on. So, you know, I'm, building relationships with the Maidu tribes that are around here in this area and figuring out how to be in better relationship with the people of this land, whose land I'm on, and then how to be a good steward of this land that I am living on, that I'm doing my work on, uh, understanding the needs of the plants and the animals here, understanding our you know, particular climate, which is very drought ridden in the area that I'm at, how to you know, hold good space for the, the life that's here. And in doing so, really receiving the healing of that, receiving the healing of being in good relationship with the land around me, um, you know, really taking a strong look at the impacts of people being here on this land and the, the challenges that that can, pro- can provide. And then seeing where I can offer back my energy, my time, perhaps my money, you know, from that business, the resources of that business, going back to helping this land be in good stead, um, mitigating that impact in a little way. And this can happen in so many different ways. Um, We all live on different types of climates, different types of land, different situations. Uh, This has to happen at the teeny tiny level of, you know, my backyard is right there. I have a garden. I you know, tended organically and, you know, how can we tend to the specific land that we're on? And then beyond that, how can we be in relationship with the environment um, beyond that and be good stewards of that? Um, and, you know, again, this is not just about um, giving outward of ourselves. It's about being in relationship and it's about being in the practice of the system of Reiki, understanding that that is intrinsically a practice of interconnection. And it's intrinsically a practice of remembering that we're not isolated, we're not just our own self. And therefore our responsibility is not just to our own needs and our own success, uh, but our responsibility is to to the web of life that we're a part of. And where can we take small or large actions that positively impact that? Um, we have to ask those questions as Reiki practitioners, as humans, really, right? But we we really need to look at that from the perspective of practicing the system of Reiki, not only because um, not only because it's it's just what's in right stead and good integrity, but it's what helps our practice be taken to deeper levels, right? When we're in direct relationship with the web of life that is all around us and integrating that into our practice, not having that focus on, you know, leaving the earth or separating ourselves or thinking of ourselves as, as you know, somehow superimposed over it, but really humbly looking at the, the tiniest representation of life and seeing that as um, something that we can learn from. So uh, it's a big, it's a big one. It's one that we can take in a lot of different directions, how to be an in integrity with the environment, with the land, with the earth on which we practice, um, with the societies that are around us. Uh, but it's one that we really need to look at and really benefit quite a bit from taking a look at.
0: Yeah, I love that one. And, and that one's also a real important aspect of my business and, and really at the essence of the design of, of the Reiki Healing Society and um, what I envision, you know, I'm still building my business, but creating it uh, on a Bigger level. And, um, you know, having studied the intersections between social justice, environmental um, sustainability, and then also healing, you know, that there's a lot really um, to say about those three interconnections. And um, for me, what uh, is really relevant about social justice and finding more integrity around social justice and environmental issues is also about wild animals. And if we, if we espouse this belief that, you know, Reiki is wholeness or Reiki brings us back to our true self or that you could see, consider Reiki to be soul energy, um, that, you know, when, uh, an animal on this earth goes extinct, it's like, we lose it. We're losing a piece of our soul, losing something that we can never gain back. And, um, and I think that's such a tragedy. And what's a really big win for me is when, like, especially in these conversations around integrity or making a bigger impact, is that when you can, like, um, serve a lot of different core issues with one thing. And so for me, my core issue is um, uh, environment or um, helping species on the verge of extinction. Because when we give back to um, organizations, like my my big organization that I donate to through my business is World Wildlife Fund. And um, they're helping save animals on the brink of extinction. So those most vulnerable of extinction, that, that organization is there serving that greater good. And also they're creating a lot of conservation, which is good for the environment. It's also good for indigenous people because a lot of times these areas of land that have unique habitats also have um, indigenous roots, and so there's just like a lot of really common values that I find. And then one other thing I could say about the World Wildlife Fund is that it contributes to something that's universal, and that's something that I also really believe in as um, an aspect of how I want to give back. Is something that you know, all of us, no matter if you're on the other side of the world, we can all still have that common value around, um, not wanting these um, endangered species to go extinct. Um, so that's why I, and I also want to make it easier for others too, because I think uh, like what we're talking about, um, uh, Michaela, I mean, I don't know about you, but this has been like a dig like a deep Deep dig inside of myself to identify my core values to to address those things where I feel like I, I felt out of alignment with integrity and then rebuilding based on a, a better foundation of integrity. And um, so I, I just firmly believe in giving back to wild animals, and so that's why I donate $1 for every Reiki session that I provide, and I also, you know, throughout the year do events and uh, other ways in which I donate to the World Wildlife Fund. And I made it really easy for other people to join me in that pledge and just jump in and, and you can donate $1 for every Reiki session you provide, and what's really cool about doing that together is that together we make a bigger impact. And um, that's something that I'm really, really, really passionate about. And so for anybody who's listening, just a little (laughs) overwhelmed by the topic of integrity, please don't be in, out of, um, don't get overwhelmed by it, but just making those subtle shifts um, there and then finding like um, those places in our life where we can um, kind of overcome our obstacles by making like collaborative choices, like, or finding those, those areas of intersection, and then really looking for organizations that really feed that, those intersections, and Mm -hmm. feel more supportive to you, and to your, you know, ways that you want to give back.
1: Yeah, that actually, um, that brings up another piece that I, uh, that kind of flashed through my mind, and then went on out to the garden as i was talking about it um but that i wanted to circle back to given what you just said about collaboration which is you know we're thinking about um having integrity socially um you know one of the things that i think is really degrading to um you know us as practitioners and as people something we've talked about on this podcast before which is the ways in which the pressures of capitalist and patriarchal society pushes us into relationships with each other that are more around competition and hierarchy and you know standing out and separating ourselves from each other rather than being collaborative relationship with each other. And that when we can choose that different path, when we can choose to not see each other as competition, but to instead see each other as our greatest assets, as people who bring uh, necessary perspectives into the sharing of Reiki in the world, then there's something different that happens inside of our businesses. There's something that is in more integrity that happens. And it's one of those places that when we're in our self-practice, we can be more aware of. And I just wanted to share an example that (laughs) happened very recently. I, you know, through this work around trauma-informed Reiki, I uh, wrote a, a manual for the class, which you've received, and I've, you know, been advised to try to make it into a, into a book, into an official book, and I'm definitely interested in that, and so I've been kind of looking at the groundwork of how to do that, and I connected with another woman um, who also runs a podcast, and I was recently interviewed on her podcast, and in, in the course of our conversation, we found that we both share this, this passion for trauma-informed breaking. She's actually been teaching to that for quite some time. And she said that she has a book coming out in October. And this is like, this is embarrassing to admit, but I just, I feel like I need to be transparent here in this community that we're building. My first response to that was to say, oh no, I was supposed to write that book. That was my book that I was gonna write. How can I write a book about drama-informed Reiki when somebody's about to publish one already? Right. It's this profound scarcity mentality, right? That just crashed in on me. There can only be one book on this topic and it's already been written, right? <laughs> which is just laughably hilarious, like looking at it in retrospect. But this is like the feeling that came up. And because I'm in practice and I know how to catch myself in these thoughts, you know, I pretty quickly became aware that like, that is a that is a thought that is absolutely rooted in capitalist scarcity thinking. And that is, that is exactly the kind of thought that I need to purge from my mind because it is absolutely in the way, not only of my business, um, but in our collective liberation from these chains that we've been put in through these oppressive systems. And through the you know, conversation with this woman I found, first of all, her book is, you know, from a very different angle, right? It's a very different book. Of course it is. Um, It's a beautiful, amazing book. I cannot wait to share it with our communities and with her book and my book and other people's book that are hopefully being written around the connections between trauma and Reiki. Now there's a field of study that there wasn't, that there didn't exist before. And so instead of this scarcity mentality of like, oh, I need to hold this tight, it's like, oh, now there's this field of flowers that's opening up because we're leaning into each other, we're supporting each other. Uh, But I just wanted to tell that story because it just happened today. And it was such a clear moment of like, oh, I'm just, oh, even after so much work around these things, like those, those beliefs and those mindsets, they're deep, right? Those feelings of scarcity and not enough are deep and when we come into integrity with each other with you know a justice mindset with a liberatory mindset a co-liberatory mindset then then we can shake those off and we can build something that hasn't existed before and so i just i love being able to be in these conversations right this podcast these conversations is building something that didn't exist before and it's only because we're able to open to each other as collaborators rather than than you know, competition that we can create these conversations. So I just really invite everybody (laughs) listening to really take on that kind of mindset and to look at where in your community you can be collaborative um, and not to think of yourself. We talked about this on another episode, not to think of yourself as being so isolated because that's toxic.
0: Mm -hmm, Um, Totally. yeah Yeah, I really agree with all of that and that's one of the reasons why I built the platform of my business on collaboration and I just really want to encourage everybody out there to you know to find not not to be an island to yourself and not to just continuously like take on certifications and and new things but like really to find your lane (laughs) and then stay in that lane but like you know, you can join hands, you can link arms with other people who have different skill sets, have different point of views, different gender identities, so many different things, and and that like that, um, adding different voices to the choir just amplifies, you know, the conversation, um, the enlightenment that really can happen when we come together um, as equals rather than through like you were saying hierarchies and um, and just uh, you know like uh, behaviors that are really linked to like our fight or flight instincts and um I know that I kind of deal with those emotions almost every day I'll be completely honest like those competitive uh edges within me and um you know it's some part of just wanting to to do my best and to succeed and um so I've also found that it's really important for me to just acknowledge those feelings when they arrive and and just be with them until like I can soften around them and hopefully not act from that place. Um, but for many years, I just tried to stuff them down, you know, be like, pretend like they didn't exist, but they exist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they fester. And
0: it's one of those things. If we were talking about medicine that helps us heal each, uh, heal our, our sense of interconnection. I think collaboration is one of those amazing tools that we can lean into, and um, and, and it's a great way to maximize our impact and and create um, uh, more exposure and um, really amplify, you know, the 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 things that matter to us within Reiki. Absolutely. Um, and so that speaks to our final topic of this very wonderful conversation it's about how to have integrity towards reiki and um this is one i think is so fascinating and i i don't know we've talked about it but it's it's a an analogy that i haven't used yet in this podcast but i kind of think of learning reiki as like learning how to play poker and you can learn it like you know super quick, but to play it, to play the game, to be in that, um, it takes time, it takes a lot of inner work. It takes a lot of times looking at those places where we're maybe not in integrity and trying our best to, to figure out a way to be in more integrity. And I haven't said this yet, but I it is really important for me to say like I'm not coming at at this conversation and integrity from like a holier than thou, like or up on a pedestal kind of place. It's like I've had to navigate this question of integrity in a lot of different ways. And I think there's times in my life where integrity has really like um shut me down because I just didn't feel a sense of integrity or didn't feel this inner permission for me to move forward with something or some in some direction. And it really took until I I came back into my center and recognized like, you know, like that the work is really from me outwards. And so to start with me, and then that would always be one of those things that helped me move through any of the blocks that I was feeling. But back to integrity with Reiki, I feel like this is also a really important topic as it relates to social justice issues and issues around cultural and spiritual appropriation. But what I'd suggest is one of the greatest ways to be integrity with Reiki um, is to know what Reiki is and to really have a solid understanding of what you are sharing, understanding the core elements of what Reiki is and um, making sure that you are integrity with that and how you show up, especially teaching others Reiki because that that's the big disconnect that can sometimes happen and i've seen it happen within um some circles within mainstream re- reiki is that you know a lot of conversations around reiki is whatever it is you think it is mm. and that is very, shows a disrespect to reiki is uh, to not really understand Reiki and then to teach it to others and then teach them to not understand it. And that's one of the ways in which our lineage gets broken. And um, and even just the reputation of Reiki in general is somewhat sullied uh, by that, that uh, problematic aspect of how Reiki is taught in the West in particular. Um, I'm sure you have a lot of things to say on this matter, Michaela, but I, I guess one well, other thing that I should say on this is that respect for Reiki, it goes beyond just having respect for the symbols of Reiki, which is a way like a lot of times respect is centered around, well, don't show the Reiki symbols this way or that way. And I think it's really an important question to ask all ourselves as Reiki practitioners is how am I in integrity with Reiki? How am I showing up and Respecting the lineage of Reiki and really respecting the energy of Reiki as the thing that is moving me to share healing or um, uh, insight with others.
1: Yeah, so I think for me, you know, with this, it comes back again as so many things do to relationship. You know, you were just talking about the ways in which we relate to the symbols and mantras. And for me, the question is, you know, not so much are we showing them, are we? you know, what are we doing with them, but what's our relationship with them? What's our relationship with the precepts? What's our relationship with the history and the cultural context and origins of the the system? To what degree have we integrated that knowledge into our practice? And, you know, what I find is that when we're in, when we're not in relationship, when we're not, and when we're in a more transactional relationship, say with the symbols and mantras, it doesn't actually really matter whether or not we're showing them or saying them. I mean, a magic word doesn't have much power or use outside of the relationship that we have with the energy that's represented by the word. And so, you know, for me, it's like, again, what, to what degree have we formed a relationship with these origins and brought them into our lives in a way that's respectful and in integrity and in uh, relationship. And yeah, so I think I'll just, I'll just kind of leave that there of, because this, this, huge question of what it means to be in integrity with Reiki, as a cultural phenomenon, as a historical moment, and and as an energy, as a spiritual energy in the world. Those are kind of almost two sides of the the conversation. And and maybe we'll cycle back uh, to that question of how to be in integrity with Reiki as a phenomenon uh, in a future conversation.
0: Yes, absolutely. So hopefully sometime one of these days, um, Michaela and I are going to dissect all of these different levels and offer some more support of how we can go into each one of them and kind of unpack, um, you know, our our sense of integrity within each one of them or maybe identify which core um, segments might have a a little bit less integrity than you want. Um, But I'd love to just wrap it up by saying, you know, Integrity is such an in, um, internal process. It's such a, um, a heart-centered process. And so, if any of these conversations today, or any of our conversations through the Wake You Women podcast, shut you down, or feel you feel disconnected from your own beautiful bright light within you. Um, you know, reach out to somebody, reach out to somebody and reconnect. Because when we're in that place of shutdown, you know, it can be a really painful place. And um, really, the medicine for that is interconnection and, and reconnection to each other. And um, in that conversation around integrity, I think it's also really important to say that you can't determine if somebody else is an in integrity or not, it's really just an internal process that brings you more freedom, and so that's really the core of what we want to share in that. It's just that finding more integrity brings you more freedom or personal more personal freedom.
1: I love that. And we want to continue this conversation with you. So please share us with us what, integrity means to you and how that shows up in your practice and you know where you've maybe encountered struggles with that or victories around those struggles. We'd really love to continue the conversation with you um, in whatever way feels right to you. Uh, we'll put some links in the show description, at least on a YouTube version. Um, uh, to the World Wildlife Fund, to some of the other places that we've mentioned in this conversation, so that you can follow up on your own. Um, we'll put information about the Cultivating a Trauma Informed Reiki class that I mentioned, um, which is coming up again on June 4th. So we would love to have you on board for that um, if you can make it. And until the next week, the next time that we get to be with you on this podcast, we hope that you are deeply provisioned for the journey that you're on. And we look forward to being in this conversation with you again soon.
0: Thank you so much. Have a great day.
1: Bye-bye. Bye bye.